kind of felt good to play against the Minnesota Timberwolves after losing on Monday night to the Philadelphia 76ers. The Timberwolves are one of those teams that, in the offseason, took the time to try to dish some assets around, garnering Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz. It hasn't really worked thus far this year. They just completed a four-game homestand, and with their loss tonight to the Phoenix Suns, went one and three. Conversely, your Phoenix Suns are now eight and three, and despite the fact that they were without two starters tonight, both campaign or campaign Cameron Johnson and Chris Paul, they still pulled off a 12-point victory, Matthew. Even though they did make it a little interesting at the end, they gave themselves enough enough of a buffer in Minnesota to easily walk away with this victory. Eight and three for your Phoenix Suns. Yeah, it's amazing. I think anytime we play the Wolves, I wish we could play them like 10 times a year or maybe 20 because they always have something we can talk about. They yes. give us a lot of uh, just strange plays, a lot of just, you know, just a lot of points we can talk about on the like just, oh, we can spend 30 minutes on this team again like last time. We yeah, did. it was it was it's just a great game to watch. No, you're, you're right. It's interesting because I was thinking about the last time that we played the Wolves. And, you know, obviously, for those of you who are veterans of watching and listening to the Suns Jam Session podcast, we do a lot of Phoenix Suns analyzation game to game, right? There might be some overreactions to things, which we'll do tonight because that's what we do. We live game to game. But when we did our Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, I think it was last week, I think we spent <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes just deconstructing <laughs> what the fuck is going on up there because there's so much boneheadedness. There's so much puzzle pieces that don't make sense, and there's just a lot of content. I kind of wish like on the side we did a Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. What would we call that? The Minnesota Tim- the, the, um, Wolves, the Wolves Jam Session podcast? Yeah, the Wolves. Uh, ow! Ow! Or booing in that arena yeah no <laughs> dude great stuff i mean even though it was i guess it kind of got close to the end but i mean did you the fourth quarter i was just kind of like wait mikhail's still scoring baskets like it yeah. wouldn't stop so a lot of weird stuff tonight i feel like this game kind of lasted over three different nights I don't know why it was a long a one. Strange well, game. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a lot of different acts because the first team did a good job uh, putting together a lead. The second team kind of fortified it. Then they gave it up at the beginning of the second, and then it was kind of close. And then yeah. they had to, so it was kind of like this accordion of a game where it was just like <laughs> so. Uh, definitely plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So we thank you if, if you're listening on the pod feed, wherever you're listening, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. And if you write, actually write out a review, we'll read it right here on the podcast. If you're on Spotify, just click five stars, carry on with your day. You can be like life advice too. We can yeah. give you advice. Yeah. yeah, we can give you all kinds <laughs> of life advice. If you want to go onto Apple Podcasts and give us some life advice about like spinal injections and things of that nature, like go for <laughs> it. We we appreciate it. If you're watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, we appreciate you as well. Click the like button. If you're on YouTube, click the like button as well. Click subscribe. We just hit 2,500 subscribers. So thank you, Jamsters. That's unbelievably exciting. And you're if you're one of those people who doesn't subscribe to this podcast, like just ask yourself why. Like, why do you come here time after time? But you're like, are you just one of those people who are afraid to commit? Lazy. You're just like, oh, I have to press. We the need three thousand. We need three thousand. Yes. We're almost there. <laughs> we I want five hundred more. I, I want three k by the end of this season. Heck, by the end of this month, it would be I great. So tell, tell your yeah, tell your friends. Tell all your friends. We appreciate it. So uh, you can become an elite jamster simply by clicking the join button on YouTube as well. And if you want to donate to the podcast in the super chat, that is super appreciated by both Matthew and myself as it helps pay for my medical procedures. 
uh, so I can get spinal injections and such. So uh, we'll definitely, I, I got an experience to talk about today. I had a spinal injection today. So uh, stick around to the, on the back end of the pod. We'll definitely talk about that, but there's, there's too much other stuff to talk about on this pod. So uh, I Matthew, so. I know that you are cracking open a, a, a brew. I, I just, I got to know what, which one, what kind. I got the old uh, ginger vitus. Ooh, go on about that. Here, 6.9 uh, beverage content right there. Or six, content. Dang, 6.9. Six, six, yeah. six <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> giggity, giggity, giggity. All right. Well, that, that looks delicious. I'm actually going to pop open, pop open this new local beer I'm trying. It's called the Tattoo Sleeve Hazy IPA. It's an 8 ABV, 8% that is. And it kind of tastes like... You're drinking a pine cone mixed with the spare change in the back seat of your glove compartment. Or, Very or specific, the, man. Or the, or, the, or the cup holder in your back seat. You know what I'm saying? That's what it kind of tastes like. Pine yeah. cone, back seat quarter. I so, know that taste. Yeah. You know that taste? And that's, so that's what mm-hmm. this tattoo sleeve hazy IPA tastes like. So go ahead, pop them open if you got them, Suns fans. Ooh, smells like my back seat. Let's talk about this Suns victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves, baby. So no CP3 in this game. It was announced before the game began that we would be without the point God. Something we kind of talked about ad nauseum uh, prior to this game and on the last podcast is kind of what is this team going to look like if we're without Cameron Johnson, if we're without Chris Paul. That always brings me to my first question, Matthew. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. How do you feel yeah. the, the point guard play was in this game? Well, I mean, if you don't notice that Chris Paul was out, then that's kind of good, right? I feel like as soon yes. as this game started off, you're just like, all right, Kevin Payne, he's he's filling in just 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 perfectly right next to Devin Booker. And like mm-hmm. the two guys playing beside Devin Booker tonight were Cameron Payne early on and also Shamit. Mm-hmm. Split down the middle basically seven minutes for uh, Cameron Payne, and then you bring in Shamit for five more minutes in the first they played so good next to him, man. Like to start the game, I mean, Book, he had the three points, two assists within seven minutes with Cameron Payne on the floor. Shaman had the nine points too, like right off the bat with him. But the thing is, like, they were sharing the ball so well. So, like, the first play was basically Booker ending up off of a screen, a Shaman addition to him for three. The next play, Booker hits Shaman for the wide open three. So sharing the ball is not an issue. I think they right from the beginning. They just, they, they, the pace is the biggest thing. It's like, yeah, right off the bat, dude, they hit it. They don't stop even coming out in the third quarter. The pace doesn't stop. The Suns were just running up and down the court, passing the ball, never stopped moving. CP3, great assist leader, but the pace is always slower. The ball mm-hmm. moves around a little bit slower. So this team, I mean, they're, they're probably not going to play this every night. That just shows you like how much. Chris Paul does like the half court offense compared 100%. to what they do with even Shaman out there with the, with Booker moves quicker. And you can say they're playing the T wolves or the wolves. We'll call them the wolves. I think but, you could say that. Cause that's what they did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd say that. Yes. Correct. Okay. Well, yeah, you're playing the wolves. So yeah, defense isn't that great, but take advantage of it. And they hit their shots. So right off the bat, it's like, you even said Cameron Johnson was not playing. 
Is it weird that I still forget sometimes that he's not in the game just because well, of how great Mikhail would play? Like, I just, we forget about these things. I think. Well, we, we were conditioned to him normally coming off the bench to begin with. We've only seen him start in a handful of games at the beginning of the season. And true. so the, the, the missing of, of Cameron Johnson necessarily hasn't occurred. Missing Cameron, uh, or I'm sorry, Chris Paul is a completely different story. This is a Hall of Fame point guard who assisted in getting this team to 64 wins, assisted in getting them to the NBA Finals, is the leading assist getter in the league. So you think him not being available in this game could technically hurt the, the performance of the Phoenix Suns and the way they played. It was quite converse, again, because of the way that Cameron Payne played. Well, here comes the pain! So Cameron Payne in this game, 23 points on eight of 17 shooting, including four of nine from beyond the arc. He was three of three from the free throw line. He had six rebounds and eight assists in this game, one steal. And most importantly, Matthew, zero turnovers for Cameron Payne. So you already mentioned the pace aspect of this game. And for those of you who don't know how the pace metric essentially is calculated, there's a long calculation that you could kind of figure out and I can explain it, but essentially comes down to the number of possessions per 48 minutes. And you look at that and this team, the Phoenix Suns are, they, uh, they have a pace of play of 96.2 possessions per 48 minutes in the league entering this game. That's 29th in the league. Conversely, the Minnesota Timberwolves have a pace of play of 102.7 possessions per 48 and that's fourth in the league. So this is definitely a team that likes to get out and run. And as you mentioned, like when you, they're a very offensively minded team. They brought in Rudy Gobert because they want to have a semblance of some interior defense, but they like to get out and run. And the Phoenix Suns played into that and it played almost perfectly into that because that's the way that Cameron Payne likes to play. And he got this team going, as you mentioned, the way that he was getting out, running, you know, after every make by the Minnesota Timberwolves, he's getting the ball and he he's running down the court and dishing it up the court quick. So even though that possession doesn't necessarily, it isn't like a seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns possession, right? It's not like they go and they're, they're shooting the ball with 20 uh, seconds left on the time clock. But what they're doing is they're pushing up real quick and they're forcing the Minnesota Timberwolves to have to react defensively because if they don't, they will shoot it up real quick. And we did see that a few times. But I liked the pressure that Cameron Payne played with uh, and, and put the Minnesota Timberwolves on their heels the majority of this game. It's not something we see very often, Matthew. No, it's not. And it's because he keeps moving the ball around too. Like it never stuck. Like the thing is like he made pre- basically everything that he threw up there, but a lot of it was just like moving the ball around. And it's like, okay, it comes back to me, then okay, then I'll take a shot of it. It wasn't a whole lot of uh, selfishness out there, which is great because if he's going to be selfish, he's not going to play with the book because book's going to have to have the ball a lot more than what the, what Cameron Payne's going to have and also sham it when they're out there 100%. next to him. So he has to have his touches, and then you can go ahead and do what you want to do. But the pace, the moving the ball like from perimeter around, around the perimeter, it went nonstop. Even coming out in the third, like I said before, it was just a nonstop thing where – Everyone was either uh, passing it around, dishing to the inside, cutting. It was just nonstop. That's what I'm saying. Like over the, like, it seemed like a uh, a game that lasted over like three nights. 
it was like seriously like a marathon or something like this was the, the fastest I've seen them play. And the biggest thing I think is just because Chris Paul was out. I think they just have fun. hundred percent. And yeah. I'm not saying Chris Paul makes the game worse or they, but he about slows him like it down. It's, it's very methodical, right? It's more of a cerebral yeah. game versus kind yeah. of like a get out and run and play basketball game. Yeah, exactly. And you know, what? a lot of, a lot of these players, especially at the bench, they love to just run. They'd love to just run and show off because they're a fun team, right? Their their mm-hmm. energy is always fun. So of course they're gonna play fun. They're gonna play with a lot of energy because anytime you see them off the court, that's all they are. They're just fucking goofy, and they have all the energy in the world. And these guys are just like flying around the court like they should be. And they can play both ways, but this way is just more fun to watch to me. Me too. It's basketball. You know, again, there's nothing wrong with the methodical way that CP3 runs this offense. It's highly effective. Mm-hmm. But every now and then you like to see some get out and run basketball and some fast breaking basketball. And yeah, I, I, I like what Landon Alverson says in the chat. He goes, so turns out we don't need Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder or CP three to be good. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, against the Minnesota Timberwolves, <laughs> that's correct. Because again, it is kind of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I will say that one question I will ask. And, you know, again, we're an overreaction podcast, so I'm going to overreact. Oh, yeah. And I and I love asking this question of you, Matthew. Is Cameron Payne a starting point guard in this league? I love that I get to ask that because I was somebody who was very anti-campaign entering the season because of what I saw last year, and I love that he's flipped the script on it, and I'll eat all the crow. I'll do it with a knife and fork. I won't even take the feathers off. I'll eat the eyeballs. Fuck the beak, though. That's gross. And the feet. But I'll eat all the crow on everything I said relative to Cameron Payne. Tell me, is he a starting point guard in this league? Well, I'll have the beak and the feet if you're not going to eat them. I mean, <laughs> thank you. Know, yeah, that has the most protein. <laughs> Cameron Payne is actually, he's a guy that can be a starter. We talked about Jock being a starter too. And as you can see to my left, my green screen's kind of flying away there. Jock is a starter in the league on some teams. Same thing goes for Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne is basically a starter on a bad team, but that's the thing is, EJ even brought it up on the broadcast where he has no one looking behind or no one breathing down his neck. He is the backup point guard. It just comes down to selfishness. If he's not the selfish guy like he used to be in a way where he would come down, throw up some nasty shots, I still like his three when he shoots a little bit further from the line, from behind the line. That's fine to me because I think he can hit those. As long as the ball touches everybody, it's fine. So being a starting point guard in the league, you have to share the ball. But then also, that's kind of lost nowadays. I feel like a lot of point guards are really going that way. So they're kind of a mm-hmm. shoot for point guard mentality, which matches him. That in that in that way, he can be. But I don't see it. I just like we'll talk about DA later. But I want to see this for like a month straight of two months. Of straight. course, of course, and that's, that's the right that answer. Was a ridiculous game by him, but just the way he played the shot, the shot. Oh, well, See, I hate saying this because the defense was so poor. A lot of his shots looked so great because there was no one fucking covering him. You know what I mean? He would come off screens. He would roll around a few dudes. All of a sudden, the spacing is like three or four feet away from a guy. Like, that's not going to be every game. So we'll see, man, if it keeps up. But this is fantastic, especially when your point guard's out right now. Yeah, and a lot of the Jamsters who are watching along live are saying the same thing. You know, he almost, he's getting close. Coach Fallen Founder, yes, on a bad team. Uh, Landon's like... Hell no, I'm still anti-campaign. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeff F. says campaign can be a starter know. on some specific teams. And Mario Lopez took it a step further and says he can start on the Wolves and the Lakers. So you, Lakers, know, you, yeah. you, you take a look at his, his performance entering tonight. 9.5 points per game, 3.1 assists. He has an assist-to-turnover ratio of 3.1 to 2. 
So that's not good. I mean, the, obviously the stats are going to change based on the minutes played and the lack of uh, turnovers in this game. Uh, but he's shooting 37% from beyond the arc this season. And again, as mentioned before, you know, tonight he shot four of seven, or I'm sorry, four of nine. So it's only going to increase. And th- that was a big part of campaign last year. You know, you take a look at what he did a couple years ago. Uh, he was shooting 44% from beyond the arc the year that the Suns went to the finals. Last year it was 33.6%. So having him have the ability to shoot the three ball is vital to the success of the team. Having him have the ability to step in for CP3 as CP3 has some heel soreness. Again, you're not going to rush back a 37-year-old guy, especially if Cameron Payne can come in and play in the manner that he did in this game. So, uh, again, I love the way that he paid with the pace of play, and I love the fact that as he pushed it, other members of the Phoenix Suns were benefiting. And one of the guys who definitely benefited from this was Mikhail Bridges. So the warden in this game, season high, 31 points, was 12 of 20 from the field. Devin Booker shot 23 uh, shots. You had Mikhail Bridges shoot 20 in this game. I absolutely, absolutely love that for Mikhail Bridges. But 31 on 12 of 20 shooting. He was 2 of 6 from beyond the arc, 5 of 5 from the free throw line. Had 9 total rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, and 1 block. So 5 stocks. (laughs) And he was unbelievably engaged. And again, he was leading the fast break. And the things that he was doing uh, was putting the pressure on those Minnesota Timberwolves. So him and campaign with the, with the way that they paid with pace of play in this game was highly beneficial for the Suns' success. And the primary reason, in my opinion, why they they won this game. Yeah. And I think what to start for the, the start, the game five for five, which is ridiculous, but he started four for four at the rim. Like everything mm-hmm. he took there, whether or not the twin towers were in there to stop him, it didn't matter. Like he was taking it straight to the rim every time he had the ball. And, you know, I was thinking, like, how do you look up really? I'm sure there's some way you can find this out. But if you can look up and see Mikhail Bridges starting the game, uh, I mean, if, okay, so if they're if they're trying to direct either going to Aiton or Mikhail to start mm-hmm. the game to try to get them involved, because we're talking about one of them start, one of them stepping up. They have to step up. Mikhail, of course, he I feel like he kind of steps up more than what DA will when we ask him to when someone's out. But it's like when they start the game, it's mostly McHill. So obviously they're saying you got to get involved early. You got to start the game hot early for us to have a chance. He did. He never stopped. But it's like him doing that, I feel like it's just, it's not rare, but I feel like how many times do they go to that? How many times do they actually ask him to do that over DA? And then you look at the games where DA gets involved early. How many times are they, all right, let's get DA involved early. And then McHill kind of falls apart. We're like, where's where's McHill? He kind of falls off. Where where did he go? Is that because they try to get DA involved more than what you know Mikhail is you know out there? So yeah, I think that yeah, I think Mikhail he can come in. He can be this guy. We've always asked for this, but this is just insane to have a game like this. He once he's hot, he's hot, man. And eighteen points, seven rebounds, five or seven assists. Was it seven? Seven rebounds, five assists, three steals in the first half. In the first half, and yeah. and that just started. And when he came right back out, he was the same Mikhail. So. I just think that if they're gonna if they're gonna try to find some guy to help Booker, Booker can always get hot. He can always get he can always get going. McKill needs to probably just start a little bit earlier in the game, like tonight. I mean, it's not gonna be as beautiful, but if he has the ball more and he has the option to get to the rim, then it's gonna lead to really good things for the Suns. No, a hundred percent. And again, like that is interesting to see. You know, how did the the Phoenix Suns game plan? Okay, we know that Booker is gonna be our primary scorer, especially to start the game. Right. I mean, you take a look at uh, the first quarter alone in this game and Devin Booker 
uh, went for six points on two of five shooting, uh, knowing that Anthony Edwards was guarding him pretty uh, extensively and, and aggressively as he does. And the, the primary scoring outside of that was Mikhail Bridges and Landry Shamit because Devin Booker and Cameron Payne were kind of feeding them accordingly. But you take a look at Mikhail Bridges, and you know I guess the question that I have for you when it comes to him is how many times this year, so he scored 31 points this uh, tonight. Yeah. How many times yeah. this year has he scored over 20? Including I want to say once. I want to say once. One other time. That's correct. Uh, against mm-hmm. the New Orleans Pelicans, he had 27 points. 13, 13, 7, 17, 27, 15, 19, 12, 11, 15. So not horrible by any means. You know, he's yeah. uh, entering this game. He was averaging 14.9 points per game and 5.9, or I'm, I'm sorry, 4.9 total rebounds. What's really impressive is he was shooting, He's or this season, he's shooting 50% from beyond the arc, and he's one of the top wing scores relative to field goal percentage at 58.9% again prior to this game. Here's the other question I have for you. How many times has he shot over 15 shots in a game prior to tonight? Remember, he shot 20 points tonight. How many shots has he taken over 15? Zero. Zero. 10, 10, 9, 8, 13 when he shot, when he made the 27 points was Mm -hmm. his season high. 7, 10, 9, 7, 12. Um, uh, It all comes down to game planning for the Phoenix Suns, right? Like what matchups are going to be available? I think that they did a good job of, again, abusing Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns was supposed to be on Torrey Craig. One, they pressed the ball with Mikhail Bridges. Uh, so he had them on their heels and he was attacking the rim. As you mentioned, he did that often and early in this game for the Phoenix Suns. And two, when they had the opportunities to do so, they would run switches and get Carl Anthony Towns and Mikhail Bridges and he would take him to town as well. He would take him to towns. So <laughs> a recipe for success and something to monitor for this season is like, mm-hmm. okay, what are the kind of those benchmarks we're looking for for Mikhail? I want him to, you know, 20 point Mikhail is something that we should start. We should seriously track on this pod because right now, anything over 20 points, the Phoenix Suns are two and oh. And anything over apparently 13 field goal attempts is quality McHale options. And that's what you need. You need that, that you need that wing score that with Cameron Johnson now being gone, because Cameron Johnson was going to feel that to fill that spot. But you need that secondary, you need that primary wing score to complement Devin Booker at all times, knowing that DeAndre Aiden, as gifted as he is, isn't necessarily always going to provide you that interior scoring, especially when you're playing against like I get that tonight. So thoughts on that, Matthew. No, it's good because we, I mean We'll get into the subreddit stakeout, but Gobert oh, yeah. defensively, you expect more. But I think the way that Mikhail is, how long he is, it's like he wraps around him so quickly, like an anaconda, man. He's just like he's all of a sudden just wrapped around this dude, the balls in the hoop. Like that's what he does to him or cat. Like you, you don't I know Gobert is there defensively and he'll probably lead the league in blocks and stuff like that. Yeah. But Mikhail is just so special in the way that he is that long and he is that quick. And before you know it, the ball's in there. Before the no, before you know it, you're pretty much choked out and you're swallowed up. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. the way Mikhail is gonna play against you def- offensively when he's driving against you. And you're Gobert who's super slow. And that's the challenge that I think we have as Suns fans at sometimes, and we've talked about it on this pod before, where Mikhail Bridges can sometimes disappear. And what I loved about this game is, as you mentioned, you know, the first quarter, he had 13 points. He was five of five from the field. Okay. He had five points in the second quarter. Okay. So kind of took a bad seat. He only had three points in the third quarter. But what I, what I love is that in the fourth quarter, he had 10 points. So he had a complete game. And sometimes, you know, you need that from a team. Sometimes you need the the starters, right? The guys who come out in the first half there, they light it up. And then other guys kind of take over at the back end of the game. We, did, we typically see that from Devin Booker. He's a first quarter and a fourth quarter guy. The nights where he goes crazy is when the second or third quarter he gets hot for like 12 points. 
But to see Mikael Bridges, the evolution of that the, thus far this season is something I'm really looking forward to relative to his growth as an NBA player. And I think that tonight is a good starting point. Again, I know it's the Timberwolves. And I'll always understand that. I know I'm overreacting, but I loved what I saw from Mikael. Absolutely loved it tonight. Me too. And I want to see, and we're going to talk about next pod, be like, oh, where did he go? But it's going to be interesting to see where they go offensively, where they shift the focus to, because it was mainly Mikhail tonight right away. So if it's next game, the next game after that, I really want to see that. I hope they continue that. I do too. They got to continue to keep him engaged and t- and keep him as a part of this offense, knowing that you're going to get great defense from him again. Five stocks yeah. for Mikhail. Steals plus blocks. Absolutely fantastic. Big Dick Booker. Devin Booker was doing his thing again tonight. Uh, overall, on uh, his final box score, he was 12 of 23, including 5 of 7 from beyond the arc, 3 of 3 from the free throw line. Uh, 32 points for D-Book and 10 assists. An amazing game from Devin Booker that, again, it's one of those things that, you know, we're talking about how great Cameron Payne looked pushing the offense. We love to see uh, Mikhail Bridges and the way that he played a complete game on both ends of the floor. And then you just get a whole hum 32 and 10 from Devin Booker because he's that guy, man. Yeah. And he stepped up big in the first half, really just kind of leading. I mean, he, he let Tory Craig here. I don't know if you saw that where Tory Craig just passed up a three and he got caught for a travel. Yeah. And it's just books like, dude, come on, shoot the ball. Like that's yeah. what you're there for. He's so good from the corner right now. He passed up. He got a little mad. Then you saw him laughing about it. He's just like, dude, like you just got to take those shots. I'm going to be on you. I'm the leader out here. So make sure you follow me. And his shots are just something, uh, they're, they're majestic, man. They're almost like Steph Curry-esque where it's like when they go in, it's just different. You know what I mean? Like Shamit can make a three, be like, oh, fuck yeah, Shamit. But when Books goes in, I feel like he's always been this way. I remember sitting on the couch with you. We used to watch like, oh, fuck, Books so good. He would make like one swoosh in the court. be like, he's so fucking good. There's something about him making a shot. It's just so nice. And that's what he was doing early. And he had 23 points in the fourth. I'm like, please, let's get to 30. I'm selfish over here. He's dipping down to 27 points a game. I don't want that. I want to stay at 28 and above. And he got the 32. Yeah. Yes. So I'm, I'm glad the 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 Wolves kind of pushed back a little bit so Book can stay in the game and get his points. I'm selfish. I don't care. If he gets hurt, I don't give a fuck. I want his stats to look good this year. So we got Hell the 32. Yeah. That's all I look for. I look for a Suns win and Book to get 32 or 30 plus. All right. So you had 32. So 271. That's how many points he's had thus far in the season, right? So yeah. let's go to 271 uh, plus 32 equals... Is that what it comes out to? I don't know. Because that's his 11th game. <clears throat> 27.5 is where he's Ooh. at after this game. Okay. And he entered at 27.1. So, <clears throat> God, it'd be good if we got 30-point book for a year. I know it's damn near impossible. I mean, hell, Michael Jordan won scoring titles with 28 points a game, so I'm not going to completely pitch <laughs> and play. Um, One observation I saw on Twitter, and this comes mm-hmm. from at Dana Moore NBA. And Dana Moore is somebody who covers the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he's got a podcast on Blue Wire podcast about the Minnesota Timberwolves. And one of the things he tweeted is he goes, Devin Booker just yelled at the Wolves bench. We play team basketball. We share the ball. And I love that because again, you were talking about, you know, being a leader is with with Chris Paul, not being out there on the court and and being out there on the court. Let's not lie. Like Chris Paul's out there like coaching. And Mm -hmm. I I wish that he just, Hey guys, I'm gonna take 30 games off. I'm just going to help coach the team because D book can carry this team from a coaching standpoint, from a leadership standpoint. That's the difference between him and his boys, right? Like D'Lo and Cat. Those guys are not leaders. They're big fucking babies. They make wrong decisions all the time. Whereas Devin Booker, for the most part, take makes a lot of right decisions. And I love that about him. And I love that that was observed by the Timberwolves uh, peeps. 
And, you know, you take a look at what made the team successful in this game, and that was a big part of it was the ball movement, was the .5 second offense truly in effect. And Devin Booker was leading that. Landry Shamit was leading that. Hell, Landry, here's your, you get you get your uh, drop. <laughs> I can say it, Sham. Wow. It's funny because <sighs> I tweeted I tweeted out, you know, like hashtag point Shamit. And I was like, I'm here for this. And like, I was like so excited that Landry Shamit was out there running point a lot. You know, I mean, essentially the first guy off the bench was Dario Sarge. But when it came time to replace Cameron Payne uh, as the point guard, it was Landry Shamit. His final stat line, 16 points on five of seven shooting, including two of three from beyond the arc. Uh, he had a couple personal fouls. How many assists did he fi- he finish with, Matthew? It is uh, zero, one, one yeah. point. Point Shamit, indeed, one. <laughs> <laughs> but if like a hockey assist counted, yeah, he was always. really big on the hockey assist. He was he yeah. was. I mean, they were pinging the ball around. I, I tweeted out uh, a possession that they had in the first quarter that I absolutely loved, uh, where uh, Damian Lee just biffed on a straight up layup, but Dario Sarge was there to like put it back as time expired, but it all started with the ball movement. And I think that, you know, again, that's an experiment. If Chris Paul is going to miss an extended period of time, which I wouldn't doubt, I haven't heard anything. I I follow all the the right people, if you will, on son's Twitter and have an idea of kind of who's injured, how, how long it's going to be. I I think we might not see Chris Paul until we get back home. You know, we've got a game uh, against the magic and then we've got a game against uh, who's the last row. Last team on the road trip. Hmm. Boom, boom, the heat. Miami? So, yeah, we yeah. play the heat. We might see him in the heat, but I bet that, you know, so it's, uh, I think it really depends on how the Suns look the next game. But Landry Shamit yeah. is fully capable of running that backup point guard positions. What he did at Wichita State, he's somebody who can move the ball around. Uh, he can create his own shot a little bit. And I, I appreciate that about him. Yeah, and how Landon Alverson, how dare you? Shamit was that good? Didn't seem like it to be honest. Landon Alverson's hating on the backup point guard plays. He's like oh. anti campaign and anti Landry Shamit. You know what? And I think Shamit well. to me, to me, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Shamit's been awesome. He's been awesome. This year he's been so great. I three blocks tonight. So how does he get three blocks tonight? How is that even fucking possible? Like I was like, because sometimes like hops. you'll think Oh, I'm just, sorry, hold on. He dudes got hops. Just, no, that's three turnovers. Oh, Never mind. He doesn't have hops. I was gonna say he has hops like this tattoo sleeve. He's yeah. Okay. Oh, never mind. I misread that. Three turnovers, zero blocks. Damn wah, it! Wah, wah. I was just about to get even hotter on this guy, dude. Hold on, I hold think on, Matthew. I think I, I think I have something for you. Give me a second. I just gotta find All it. It's right. been a minute since I've oh, done wait, this oh, one. Um, so you said that he, had, he that he had a total of how many blocks? Three blocks. Three blocks. Oh God, where is it? I can't find it. Uh, pay him. Terrible. Take a lap. Whew. <laughs> Give yourself a terrible thing to laugh. <laughs> I haven't used that one so long. I had to find the drop. Yeah. I have it under no. like last season's drops. There's so many of them. It's ridiculous. Um, so I mean, to get the game started, he was what four for four from free from the free throw line, which is just him getting the free throw and him drawing that foul against Gobert too to give him his third foul in the first quarter. That was insane, dude. Like, how does that even happen? Where in the first quarter? Cat and Gobert have three fouls each, but he drew that foul. He got pumped up. You never see him have a lot of emotion, but he did there. So it's nine quick points, and he got a lot of those points when the Suns weren't really leading. I mean, they were they were leading, but they weren't. No, but that was out, that's right? what I was gonna say. Like they weren't down by ten, um, and and he was completely missing. So I still am holding th- true to that theory. Landry Shamit okay. is great at scoring points when the Suns are 
the game is when, when the Suns are ahead, let's just put it that way. Cause they were ahead. He had nine points in the first quarter and the Suns were ahead. Mm-hmm. I want to see Landry Shamit do this kind of shit when the, da- the Suns are down 10. Just saying. Okay. Throwing it up. All right. Well, he's there, man. He's looking brilliant right now. Brilliant. I say brilliant. Uh, let's see. What else do I got here before I start going off on the, the, the Timberwolves? I want to save a lot of that. Cause I know that you have the, uh, uh, subreddit stakeout and i think that they'll bring up some interesting things and that's when we'll really delve into everything that is the wolves oh dude we gotta we gotta do the 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 eight and drop of course what was i thinking watch all right deandre ayton in this game Mm -hmm. matthew after i had a fun week in twitter uh let's see deandre ayton four of ten from the field in 33 minutes played he had nine points he had three assists he had six rebounds only one personal foul, Matthew. Thoughts on Aiton's performance in this game? Uh, really quick, Landon. I'm just I'm kidding too. Quit spotlighting me. I'm joking, dude. Um, yeah, we're we're having fun, man. Or whatever you are. Um, I don't know what is spotlighting. I don't even know what that is. Um, it's calling so, out. Don't dehumanize me. Don't project Aiden. on me. So <laughs> that's that's what I noticed in watching Love Is Blind. That's everybody's response to everything. Oh, like, don't spoil. I haven't seen the new the new the new episodes yet. If you watched it. Oh damn! Okay, I watched I mean, them don't today because I, yeah. I had I had a spinal tap, so yeah. I hung around <laughs> watching Love Is Blind. But that being said, throughout the season, everybody's been saying that. Yeah. It's like, so are you projecting on me? I'm so, <laughs> so, I'm so sorry for projecting yeah. on you, my childhood drama. My, yeah, is, what does that mean? Anyway, I don't even sorry. know what it means, Aiden. man. They're just making shit up now. So Aiden. Aiden, if he's hurt, fine. I don't know. Like he might have. He was on the ground a few times earlier in the game, like kind of just laying out, like. He got the ball, double team. He kind of just fell, lost the ball. Next play, he was on the ground again. So I don't know if like his ankle's hurting him still or something. But I mean, it's pretty bad. Like I don't. There's no dominance to him at all. I mean, I just I think I'm done. I mean, we'll do the Aiden watch, of course. But that's I'm what just we're doing. Done. I know, I know. But I'm saying in the future we'll keep okay, doing the Aiden okay. watch. But I'm just I'm kind of done, dude. Um, it's kind of wishy washy. I just I think a lot of it. In my head, a lot of what I think about in my mind is just uh, is Aiden like still tradable stuff like that. So I just I can't stop thinking about him being traded at the trade deadline for somebody. And of course, like you look at the Wolves and everyone's talking shit about Cat kind of in a way. So then that kind of just resurfaces nah, a little bit. I don't. Start I know. That, I'm not saying. I'm just saying that's going to resurface. And I'm just saying this is what's going to happen. I'm not going to give him really much shit tonight but it fucking sucks watching him play because he's gonna have a good game next game and then we're gonna do this where we're like oh great game man it must have been the ankle last game but dude like you have these guys with three fouls the big guys are three fouls down there oh yeah and you don't really attack them so i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna like i don't want to say that oh you're not gonna attack them of course you're not of course he's not gonna do that so if he's hurt it's fine but he's just he doesn't know what to do on the court he just doesn't and um, I, he's just maybe as maybe he's as dumb as Cat offensively or something. But I don't mean I don't mean to drop the dumb thing. I'm just saying it just looks really fucking bad. And of course, Chris Paul is missing. So then now it's like, remember I said last spot, who's going to ha- hold him accountable tonight? It looked like last season where he kind of just fell off. But if he's hurt, it's fine. Yeah, I had I had some issues with his play in the fourth quarter because the Suns were up big and he was playing unbelievably lackadaisical, jogging up and down the court. I mean, he's got guards out rebounding him and he's just not trying because oh, he's like oh yeah no. you know like we're up by like 15 whereas you have like Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges are out there and they got that killer mentality he just doesn't have it 
Now, Marley Lopez does say in the chat that he's playing through a, a bad ankle. And that's a lot of what people have been saying to me because I'll talk about a tweet that I put out. Uh, I will say that Felix said, Lissy was actually spot on last episode. I am tired of him. Um, when it comes to DeAndre, not you, I'm assuming, Matthew. So, you know, <laughs> for, for those of you who are talking about his bad ankle, I understand that. Now, granted, like, bad ankle, you know, he, he tweaked it slightly, it looked like. He missed two games. And then he came out against Portland, played pretty much 30 minutes, and scored 24 points, right? And had eight rebounds. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, ankle's no big deal. And then, like, the next game, they played Portland again. And mind you, that was in the loss. The next game, he played only 15 minutes and went for seven points and, and six rebounds because they blew him out. They blew him out by 20, so he didn't need to play a bunch. Played 30 minutes last game, you know, 14 points, seven rebounds. Didn't look that great. Tonight didn't look that great. And I get it, like Rudy Gobert's on the other side, and he does make it tough. But Cat was in foul trouble. Uh, Rudy Gobert was in foul trouble. He could have played more aggressive to get them into further foul trouble because the fouls that were being called weren't necessarily caused by him. And so the tweet that I put out this week that kind of set Twitter afire relative, because every time you, you say anything negative about DeAndre Ayton, people get, they draw their lines in the sand. And I'll tell you, like, I am an Ayton stan. I'm one of those people, like, I, I am very in tune with DeAndre Ayton. And I love when he's productive and I love what he can be because he's so vital to the team's success. And mind you, everything that we're talking about happens in a game in which the Suns end up winning by what, like 12 points. So it's like they are eight and three. And I understand that there's plenty of time to work through this, but I did put the tweet out. He's the sixth highest paid center in the NBA. If you look at their uh, annual average salary. Okay. He's 14th in points per game at 14.3, 29th in rebounds per game. 16th in field goal percentage. That's the big one to me. 16th in field goal percentage. Because that has a that doesn't have to do anything with time played on the court. That's effectiveness on the court. And he was fourth in personal fouls, nearly four personal fouls a game. So a lot of those factors equal DeAndre is not going to get an opportunity to get a lot of points because he's he's not in the game. He's not going to get an opportunity to get a lot of rebounds because he's not in the game. And this is a game where he wasn't in foul trouble and he ends up with nine points and six boards. And I think that again, it's just like when you're talking about, you know, that's always been the argument, you know, like, well, he's a max center. He's, uh, is he a max center? Well, like he didn't look like a max center tonight. He had an opportunity to do so again, the team won. They, they relied on the guard play tonight. And that is exactly uh, what we needed from Deandre. Aiden, or I'm sorry, from the guard play we needed him or we needed them to be as effective as possible uh, in those minutes because Deandre Aiden wasn't going to give them anything on the interior. Now, somebody just said in the chat, what are his per 36s look like? Okay, Mario Lopez. So what does his per 36 look Ooh. like? So entering this one, per 36, 21 and 10, right? So not horrible, not horrible. But it'd be interesting to see what that looks like relative to the rest of the league because I, I did the math on it. And even with his, his per 36s against normal numbers, it still puts him at like the 11th highest scoring center in the league and like the 14th highest rebounder in the league. So... There's opportunity for DeAndre Ayton out there. He needs to go and grab it, and now is the time. He did a good job of staying on the court tonight. That's the number one thing I'm asking for him. When I wrote the piece for Bright Side of the Sun, I'm like, there's two things we need from DeAndre Ayton. One, we need him to stay out of foul trouble. We need him to, to stay out on the court because we need him on the court because we're missing scores in Chris Paul. We're missing scores in Cameron Johnson. That's how you can best uh, help this team. And two, get to the fucking free throw line, man. Like his, He averages like two free throw attempts a game. You go up against like Joel Embiid, who averages nine. Rudy Gobert averages six. I mean, all these high-paid centers average a ton of of free throw attempts. That means they're attacking the rim, and he's just he's too finesse to do it. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna be talking about this for forever until we trade him. I think that um, one thing I always go back to is like when Chris Paul came here and he talked about it on the JJ Reddit podcast. 
Like I remember he talked about when he called Devin Booker and I'm not trashing DA. DA is who he is. All right. That's yeah, just it. A, and we just he need is to accept it. And it's just whatever frustrating. We, exactly. Whatever we expect, it's not going to come true because he's just not that guy. Maybe he'll show up. Maybe he won't. Who knows? But the thing is, like when Chris Paul called about coming to Phoenix and he's like, tell me about DA to Devin Booker. And Booker's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's like, well, let me tell you about Mikhail. Let me tell you about Cameron Johnson. Like he's listening to these other two guys. Yeah. They drafted even higher. They're not the number one pick. And DA can be phenomenal. It's just he's a number one pick. And when he has games like this, I hope he's just it's just an ankle thing, which is fine because he's, he's then he, then he's tough fighting through it and playing because that's what it kind of looked like. That's fine. He maybe he's out next game because he's hurt. But we just we keep doing this where it's just it's 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 it sucks. It just you know there's gonna be a trade in the future where he's gonna be gone off this team. You just you just know what's gonna happen, and I don't know. I just I don't know what it's gonna look like or whatever. But I can just see that happening because it's been talked about year in year year out, like with him being gone from this team. And I think it's just eventually gonna happen. Yeah, there's just there's so much talent there, and I think it's just it's frustrating because again, like you know, again, like you look at the big picture. This team's eight and three, eight and three, <laughs> and he's not playing his best basketball in any way, shape, or form. So that's that's a good mm-hmm. thing for the Phoenix Suns, right? But at some point, like I just all I really want is I want DA to match his words, right? Like he talks that shit in the press conferences, right? Like I'm a dominating, like you know, I got my contract, you know, that's behind me. Now it's time yes. for me to go out and yeah. show this league that I've been in the lab working, working, working. And then like it's the fourth quarter. The the Minnesota Timberwolves are putting a 14 to 3 run on you, and you're just kind of like jogging up the court, like, okay, you know, it's just like there's a lack of that intensity that will never exist. He doesn't have that gene that Booker has. No, he doesn't. Or that, or that gene that McHale has, or the gene that Chris Paul has. He just doesn't have it. And again, it's it's funny seeing how if you put anything on Twitter about DeAndre Ayton, and you just, I mean, all I did was put facts out there. You know, and people were just, you know, like, well, DeAndre Ayton is great on Tuesdays in the third quarter on away games. You know, like they're pulling out like the most, I'm like, listen, I'm just putting the ranks out there. This is out there for everyone to see. I'm just literally just reporting what I'm seeing. Yeah, He's paid this much. We always talk about him being paid. He's paid this much. Here's where he's at so far. I get it. He had an ankle injury. I get that. I, I could probably go through every other person. You know, uh, uh, Joel Embiid was out for a couple of games because he was sick. Three games, right? So it's just like, but he's still performing when he's in there. Different level of intensity, different level of play, right? But also too, like he has to work on this going into the playoffs because I don't want to hear again where it's like, oh, like the matchups, his team was too big. It's like, yeah. that shouldn't be a thing anymore, man. This guy should be the matchup where other teams have to worry about offensively. He has to be that dominant guy. And it's just, it's never there to where you can look for him for anything. Like, why can't we rely on him for like a 10 game stretch to carry this team? It's never, he's a number one overall pick in the fucking draft. Like, I know. You, can, you can do that with uh, Carl Anthony Towns. He did that last year. He carried that team for like 15 game stretch. Remember, he was scoring yeah. like 40 points on the regular. You know, uh, uh, Rudy Gobert, I, he'll, he'll do it defensively, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, Nikolai Jokic. Like, these are the centers who get paid a ton of money. These are your max centers in the NBA. They can carry a team. DA can carry a game, carry a week, DA. I would love to see that. God, I would At love least to three, see that. At least three straight games. And That's plus, what I would like, love to see. DA, he's not, I just think he's not going to be on this team, dude. And I don't, I hate saying that. It's just, I'm just sick of, it's just a really bad relationship for five years where you just expect somebody to be somebody different. And you're just like, what the fuck? Why didn't you And he's enter, like, he's getting ready to enter his prime, I feel too. And it's just like, it's just, it's, it's, hard, I don't know what dude. that means. And we and, won tonight too, but we're yeah. all thinking the same team thing. It's just like, we are. dude, this guy, we, we know what we're going to go up against in the playoffs, dude. We just need to see that all the time. All the time. 
all the time. Couple, couple quick hitters, real quick. The Sarge Smoke Break. First off the bench tonight, Dario Sarge, 13 minutes play, two of four from the field, two assists, two rebounds, five total points. Uh, how about his and one, man? <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, so. I hate that. What a what a what a change of pace, right? Here, let me set up for this. Yeah, let's talk about the shitty backup center about, we have. I think I was just throwing up in the trash can over there. The last but we got second, some dude. DA Dario Sarge minutes, and I love that. Yeah. Play no, play into that more this season. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I mean, Aiden, if you want to watch and see how it's done, Dario got an and one by going into somebody, just putting his yes. body in there. And just going at the basket, like not fading away, not trying to do something crazy like a guard would with the ball. Yeah. Just going straight at the dude, and he gets the end one, and it's Sarich. So I think things like that, that's the first thing I think of when Sarich does that. Is like, hey, can Aiden just learn from that? Like, be physical? Nope, he's not going to. So when this happens, though, it's even more hilarious because it is Sarich. And Sarich is just, of course, he's a guy that we love, and he brings that effort every time. But I love when he plays a DA. I love when he plays a chalk. I think they, there's just something there. That is just, it's not unstoppable in a way, but it's just something to be reckoned with, right? With this guy on the court. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. With. It's good. It's good to see him getting back into it. I think he's doing a good job on the court. There's a few times where he kind of got lost on defense tonight. But yeah. other than that, offensively, he'll just give you that. And then you're like, oh, good game by Sarich. He made the one play, and that's what we're looking for from him. That's what we expect from him. That's all we're <laughs> looking for from him. That's all we're looking for. Uh, Jock Landell, on the other hand. This is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my jock. Landale. So Jock in this game, uh, he didn't get much playing time. 12 minutes, so one less than Dario. Four points, had five, or, or four points, four rebounds, one to five from the field. Had the five personal fouls, Matthew. And I mm-hmm. think that's the challenge. You know, I talked about it a little bit with, uh, with DeAndre Ayton. You know, you can't get put yourself in a situation where you are getting in foul trouble. His per 36 is 6.3 fouls a game right now. And it was at 3.2 last year. So it's literally almost <laughs> double what he's doing. What does Jock yeah. Landell got to do to stay on the court, man? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's why he's a backup, right? That's why he's the backup. Yeah, but we need more from that backup. I feel like I know Busy, we do. Busy's he looks- playing well. And I love that we have the depth there, but yeah. I think we would like a little bit more offensive production from our backup five. That could be Jock Landell, but he can't get out of his own way. No, sometimes I don't feel like, is this really an issue all the time? I feel like I, this is like the first yeah. time we kind of talked about him. In His foul, foul trouble. trouble? Right? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, again, he's averaging prior to this yeah, game. To look it up. I just he, he's averaging I over it. He's averaging uh, six point three per thirty six. Okay. Now, okay. if you look at his individual, <laughs> so- per, if you look at his individual performances thus far this season uh, relative to foul totals, let's see here: four, four. Had zero against the Clippers. One, two, five, four, two, one, and had five in the last game, five in this one. So he's had four okay. more. One, two, three, four, five, six of his uh, 11 appearances. So yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, like, he started off so hot with his team. I know the fouls, I guess, now I know that they were kind of an issue in the beginning and now still take, are. Take notice but... of that. I think the thing that I always thought of is like, cause he's the bench player. I don't really think of fouls that, like that big a deal starters. I always look at fouls as like, okay, that's an issue. But of course, when you're trying to back up um, a depleted kind of secondary with the, or down there by the, by the, by the basket and the Suns, where you have, you know, Jock Sarich or Aiden, if you want to choose from those three, you don't want any of them in foul trouble. Cause that's really all you have. And you have busy too, but 
if Jock is still in foul trouble, I'm not too worried. I still believe in this guy. And honestly, I kind of thought, like, I feel like he he was so tired in the second quarter. Like, he looked exhausted. So, I don't know if he's just been playing so hard the first few weeks of the season where it's just kind of wearing on him. But I just, I don't know. Maybe he needs a little bit more rest. Who knows? I just, we expect a lot out of this guy, but we already got a ton from him already this season, I feel like. Well, we need more. I, we need him to be out there. The best ability is availability. And uh, again, I think that he can bring some offensive production. Zero says he needs to shoot more. And then you got Jeff F says Jock shooting 50% from three. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. challenge with Jock. It's going to be one stuff, of those things yeah. we're going to continue to kind of navigate throughout this season. Now I will say this, Jamsters. If you want to get some Jock Landell Suck My Jock merchandise, you can simply go to the Redbubble page for the Suns Jam Session podcast. Just go to Redbubble, search Suns Jam, search Jock Landell. You'll find our Suck My Jock shirt right there. comes on all kinds of apparel. If you want a, a, a doggy mat that says Suck My Jock and you named your, your dog Jock, go for it. Uh, we've got it there. So help support the pod that way. We truly appreciate it. Uh, one last guy I want to talk about on the Phoenix Suns, and then we'll go into some of the subreddit stakeout in Minnesota Timberwolves talk. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. The ups and downs, man. Da- Damien Lee looked really bad today on defense, in my personal opinion. I don't know how much you noticed, but I no, feel I like, you know, he was one of the guys when the Suns were giving up leads. It was kind of at the hands of Damien Lee, right? You look at the second quarter. Uh, he was a negative. Where's the plus minus? That's the first quarter. I clicked the wrong one. My computer's kind of being slow now. Uh, negative four in the second quarter. He was part of that team or that that squad that gave up the or gave up some of their lead, if you will, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, but not not a great game. He was missing a lot of back cuts. He was a negative fourteen, which was the worst on the team in this game. And overall, his defensive rating in this game was one forty eight point six. That means in the 15.5 minutes that he played in this game, Matthew, in a, if that was equated to 100 possessions, he would have given up 148.6 points. He did not look good in this game on defense. Yeah, I love all these stats, man. They're just fucking crazy. I mean, per oh. 36 is probably the worst fucking thing ever. We yeah, the per 36 is bad. <laughs> yeah, but this wasn't per 36. <laughs> like defensive times. rating. I know, I know. Um, so D, the difference between him and Shamit, I feel like Shamit's just shown up, shots missed or not, but he's looked like an actual basketball player out there that's performed to his highest level so far. Lee at times looks like he's on edibles once in a while where he doesn't even know what a basketball is when he touches it. That's what he does sometimes. That's inconsistency. Once every, what, five or six games, we're going to get that one Lee game where John comes up here and says he's better than Shamit or whatever. He's my friend. He's your favorite. So I think that, uh, you know, that's what we expect from him. I mean, I think... From the bench, Jock, we expect a ton, and we've got a lot, I feel like, already from him. Bismack's been awesome. Uh, Cameron Payne, obviously, has been awesome. So we have a lot here. Lee's just the one guy that's kind of like in and out of the lineup, coming off the bench, just just in case of emergency kind of guy. That's who he is, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, Los Suns just says, I trust my eyes more than stats. Uh, and I, my eyes yeah, were me telling too. me that he played like shit. So I looked up the stats and the stats, uh, yeah. vindicated my, what my eyes saw tonight. And that's okay. Like you said, ups and downs with Damian Lee. We'll see how mm-hmm. it goes throughout the season, but this is one of those down games in a great game for the Phoenix Suns. Now, Matthew, I got to know what happened on the Minnesota Timberwolves subreddit tonight. The Suns jam session subreddit stakeout. All right. 
right? This is the part of the show where we <laughs> one of us hangs out on the subreddit of the opposing team. Uh, appears that Matthew showed up there, kind of looking like the Unabomber. I was gonna uh, say, yeah. did any did anybody notice you as the Unabomber in their subreddit, or did they? Oh, just, I didn't did look. You, I didn't. Did look you just kind of drift through and and and? <laughs> I blended so right they, in with those guys. <laughs> what were they saying? Because I got plenty of notes on members of the Timberwolves. I know we're 50 minutes in, but this might go a little over because I love talking shit about the Wolves. All right. So, I mean, there's a lot. It was like nonstop. I kind of just wanted to like to cut and paste everything because it was it was it was, it was just nonstop beauty. It really was, man. Uh, it started off with uh, I love Cat, but man, he's dumb. And I'm like, dude. Somebody said that? Yeah. And I think that came after that one play where he was ran out of bounds and caught the fucking ball. Yeah. It looked like he was like playing for the Vikings or something. That. He just kept going. What the fuck? I've never seen a player like, oh, I'm going to go in. Oh, you didn't throw me the ball. So I'm just going to run out of bounds and come back around the lazy way. What was he was that? running so like a, he was running happened. like a, yeah. a button hook or something. Yeah. Dude. Oh, my well, God. but you know, so again, with Carl Anthony it? town, we talk about his lack of cerebral play. Right. And like he had three early fouls in this game and he was cooking a little bit earlier. You know, he, he got to his spots. He had a couple of really nice passes on the interior. And then in the first quarter, he gets three fouls. So this was a great opportunity for him. And then he gets in foul trouble and then he comes back in the game. Then, yeah, he runs that like, you know, 15 yard out and just, I mean, boneheaded plays. That's that's always been the issue with Carl Anthony Towns. And then again, I think he's like a top five whiny player in this league. Right. Like he's got to be. Mm-hmm. Like Booker might be on that list. I'd yeah, really have. It'd I feel be an bad for him. List. I, how, I don't how know do you why. Feel, how do you feel bad for him anymore, man? Like, okay, well, the thing his is, his own like, headedness is that's that, that's like I, I don't feel bad for people who show up late to work. They're dumb. They don't show. They show get show up on time. You can't feel yeah. bad for people who get in their own ways. He gets in his own way. But I feel like you know how like all of us as human beings, we always get disgusted by people with their insecurities. Like, oh, like if you're insecure, it's like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, really. I don't like you. Don't hang out with me. Not Everyone really. does. That's why you don't have any friends. <laughs> that's why I don't have any friends. <laughs> but I think that's that's why I think with Cat, dude, I just feel bad because I feel like he's so insecure in that team right now. It's just everyone's just not blending well, obviously. But I feel yeah. like he's just sticking out like a sore thumb and it's just he does. Feel more insecure i feel bad and then, and then the it dude. gets like dumb technicals after the team scores a point like he's got to get a tech after yeah, it. that was fuck yeah i don't know man i just feel bad for the dude for what else reason. what else were they saying so anyone else listening to the sun's broadcast they've been throwing shade at noel's passing i there was a point there i guess where noel was like the talk of the broadcast <laughs> and yeah then he was kind of going bit. off he was yeah so well, know. good. Who's I'm glad watching? they're watching our podcast. They must be say, out of market yeah. and watching NBA TV. Good for you. Thanks for supporting Stick Andy that, and K Ray. All right. Is this uh is this what is this what a bounce back game looks like? Bounce back into the dumpster. That's what some <laughs> <of our> <laughs> they were one and three on this homestand, and yeah, it's been rough for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you hit it, bounce back all the way to the dumpster. Good stuff. Yeah, and I thought I had more, but I only have two more. My bad, dude. That's okay. I got distracted in the fourth quarter. So I thought Rudy was more of a dominant. Uh, player on defense i thought we were getting dwight howard and orlando a uh, good defender been pretty disappointed he doesn't look like someone you would give near four picks for four fucking picks and like i forgot yes. you know what yes. i mean i knew about it but i forget how much they gave up for that guy and i'm just like damn dude that would suck to watch that team well that brings up a couple of really good questions you know one could you see minnesota potentially going into tank mode in this one because they sold off a ton of assets and they gave them to the jazz. The jazz won again tonight. Uh, they, who did they play? Did they play Miami? I think they played Miami or Brooklyn mm-hmm. or somebody, but they won again tonight. 
so that's a team that's going to end up with all of these Minnesota draft picks. The future's kind of bleak for Minnesota because so far this season it hasn't been working. They have assets they can sell off, sell off to try to garner some draft picks or or something. Do you see the Minnesota Timberwolves as a team that's going to start to sell off pieces and in order to try to rebuild? Because there, the rebuild's going to be very, very hard to the team. They did what the Lakers did, right? The Lakers are fucked because they gave away all their draft picks for car for uh, for Anthony Davis. Uh, and some other trades, you know, when they got Russell Westbrook. So they gave away the house. Now they suck. Now they can't rebuild. So they're going to have to give up some assets if they want to try to go into rebuild mode. Do you see Minnesota doing the same thing? Yeah. No, it's it's no doubt. I mean, we thought the Lakers looked bad. Their chemistry, they kind of got a little bit, they got one big win. They kind of were celebrating the locker room. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, I saw that. This team is just, this team is miserable from from the starters to the bench to the coaches. It's just like the communication. It's bad. I mean, you have things that you shouldn't be doing within the first week, first two weeks of the NBA, calling out people on the press conference, you know, talking about, Hey, like this guy, you know, he's eating this, this and that, like stuff like that. That's been happening nonstop. Edwards isn't, he's taking a playoff here or there. D'Lo tonight didn't even get back on defense. The Suns played five on four for one. I was going to mention, I was going to mention that in my Mendoza. Yeah. Yeah. He just, so it's no, no, no. He didn't, it's not that he didn't get back in defense. He was standing on the sideline because he didn't know he was supposed to be in the game. Yeah, I didn't see where he was. He was standing at the check-in table. The Suns have the oh, ball. They're playing four on five the whole time. They missed the ball. Easy rebound. Hit a three. And he comes running in at the last instant because the yeah. coach finally realized, like, oh, shit, D'Lo, you're supposed to be in yeah, the Yeah, that's bad. You know? Like, that's dumb shit. That's like coach fireable stuff. And then also, like, the first guy to go is going to be – I think it's going to be Cat. It has to be. I think so, too. I think you can yeah. get the most assets for yeah, him. For Kat. It, yeah, not – fuck no. Please no. Please no. <laughs> Please, God, no. I don't want any part of Carl Anthony Towns on this team. Trade him to somebody else. Uh, Now, one last thing on Carl Anthony or on on Rudy Gobert, I'm sorry, that I wanted to bring up. And I meant to bring this up the last time that we did a podcast is is nobody talking about like his 90s frosted tips? (laughs) No, dude, he's French. He could do whatever he wants, man. He's looking good. I don't know, man. Like, so you're you're a little bit younger than I am, obviously. Uh, did you ever have frosted tips? Like, were you a part of that? Like late Nate, because you were born in what eighty nine, right? Yeah, so, but I've always wanted them, and my mom would not let me have them. Really interesting. Yeah, I did want them when I was younger, though. Interesting. That's funny that you wanted them, but you couldn't have them. Well, I guess you were just like a little too young, because like frosted tips were definitely a thing when I was in high school, right? So yeah. Um. Here's a here's my senior picture in high school. <laughs> Uh, this is why you got to watch the show instead of listening. It really hard to see the frosted tips there. I will say, I will say that. So, uh, but I did have frosted tips in high school. I had, a, I had another picture. I thought I uploaded you had an it. earring in your left ear. Yes, I had an earring in my left ear. Is that the gay oh. side or no? No, the, the right side was the right side. Um, I mean, this is. Matter. I don't know if you can if you can see that. It's hard to see. That's also me in high school. That's the, the day I graduated high school. Uh-huh. God, focus. It's. It, let me bring this in sorry. here a little bit. You can kind of see I got frosted tips underneath that hat oh, there. Sorry, I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. You, you know, so like I definitely rocked the frosted tips and mm-hmm. puka shells. Did I puka shell? Yep, puka shells are on in that picture too. Frosted tips and puka shells, man. That's damn, that's dude. That's what I rocked in high school, man. I wore like I uh, yeah. I was uh, I have a bunch of other pictures. I got. I was gonna find, uh, but it, 
I, it's hard to move around and I, they're in my old yearbook. But I mean, you see me at like senior dances and stuff like that, like definitely rocking the frosted tips. In nice. fact, when they took our senior picture, it's easy to identify me because I'm in the back and I just bleached my hair. I mean, it's like straight up fucking bleached. Like that was just the look of the times, man. Like Sugar Ray. Yeah, Sugar Ray. I just want to fly. Fly, fly, fly so high. That's started, so, right? Uh, Landon, zero chance that's really Voida. No, that was really Voida. We'll bring it that up one him. more time. Bring it up one more time for everybody. That's me. I was also very skinny in high school. There you go. Like, hmm. Everybody was in high school, man. <laughs> uh, uh, what else you got on the subreddit stakeout? That's all I got. That's it? Sorry. No, pff, don't be. That was a great subreddit stakeout. Were they talking a lot of shit about the Suns? That's one of my questions. Uh, you know, mostly the refs and they're just their own team. That's it. Yep. I didn't see any shit talk from the Sun about the Suns. Sounds about right when you're, when you're the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right. Next game is Friday against the Orlando Magic. Uh, that is a game in which I'm going to miss the majority of that game. I will be working. It starts at 5 o'clock Arizona time. Ends right about 7.15, 7.20. That's when I'll be getting home. Uh, so for those of you who are fans of the pod, you're going to get me. But I'm not going to know a lot what's going on. Matthew, will you be able to watch the game? Yep. Perfect. Well, we're also going to have Dan Duarte and Paul Dervish of World. Nice. The, the Fan of the right. Flames guys will be on the podcast because, again, like I'm just going to be handing off what you guys saw. I'm pissed because I wanted to see Paulo. Like, I love watching Paulo Banchero, uh, Bancaro uh, for the Orlando Magic, the rookie number one pick. He's looking fantastic in games that I've seen thus far. Um, Los Sun said Hurricane might delay it. That might be interesting. If they push it back two hours, that'd be great. Uh, not for heard about that, yeah. But okay. but, but we'll it's see. In your favor, then, man. Yeah. So we shall see. But I really want to see Paulo Bancaro play. Is that what you're looking yeah. forward to in that game? Oh fuck yeah, dude! This guy is insane. I think it's kind of flying under under the radar a little bit, maybe because it just wasn't that sexy of a pick. It was kind of up in the air. Yeah, he wasn't like the true number one, but he looks like a true number one. I haven't watched a lot of them. I have not watched a lot of the of the Magic. I know obviously they're not too good, but I mean that's just the basic thing to say about the Magic. Um, I want to see this guy and who might be covering him. Maybe Mikhail. Welcome. To that would be fun. Welcome to the league, son. That's what he's going to say to him. <laughs> he steals yeah, the ball so, sometimes. So, so make sure you hang out with the Suns Jam Session podcast for that one as well. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, Matthew, this is the part of the podcast where uh, you guys just get to hang out Why me and Matthew literally just have a conversation because I haven't talked to you much today. Uh, and you can hear the story as well. But I got my spinal injection today. Do you want to hear about this process, Matthew? Yeah. All right. So. Uh, for those of you who've been watching the pod or listening for quite some time, you know, you've heard me bitch about it. I've had some sciatic nerve issues. My L5 S1, I got a herniated disc on the left side. So I couldn't, uh, or I, I have like really bad pain going down my whole left side. Can't sleep. I sleep like two hours a night. Uh, then I get up with pain. I'm up for 30 minutes. I go back down for two, two hours. And it's been like that for like three months now. It's been unbelievably painful. And going through the medical process has been unbelievably painful as well. MRIs, people, you know, you have an appointment just to, have a, have an appointment. And ultimately I, uh, I finally had the spinal injection today. So you go into this room and, and God bless everybody on her health. Uh, they did a great job, unbelievably friendly, unbelievably kind. I, I apologize for my actions. So we go into like this big room that's got a bunch of those little curtains and you know, they, they ask you all the, the questions that you're going to, uh, uh, have <laughs> land in frosted tips void. I wouldn't have back pains. <laughs> <laughs> this is 40 man this sucks 
so essentially, you know, they ask you, you know, do you have any allergies? Yada, yada. They get you all prepped and ready to go. And you're in this big kind of room that's got those curtains in between, you know, but it's essentially it's like a holding area and you can hear other people coming out because they're all there for the same thing in some way, shape or form. And you hear other people coming out and, you know, they ask you if you want to be uh, have any anesthesia. And I said, yes. And I heard some, you know, one guy came out and he was cracking jokes and stuff. And like, I've gone under before. I've had surgery on my hand before. So like, I remember when I came out of having surgery before and being, being put under, like, I thought it was funny as hell. I was like cracking jokes with everybody. And I was probably just like drooling the whole time. But like in my head, I was like a genius. This guy came out and he was like being funny. I was like, okay, cool. Like, so they finally wheel me in there and, uh, they, they put me on this thing, ass up, you know, head down, like you're going to get a massage because they got to throw a spinal tap in there. And, you know, I got an IV hooked up to my hand and there's like, Hey, you know, we're going to give you some Xanax type stuff and this prophylactic. I'm stuck with the name of medications, by the way. It's like some prophylactic. They're like, you're going to be conscious, but you're going to be very, very relaxed. I was like, okay. So I'm sitting there and like, as I'm wheeling in, I see the guy who's getting ready to do the spinal tap is a Suns fan. He's got a Suns bandana on. I was like, oh, hey, man, go Suns, man. I actually, uh, me and my, me and my buddy, we do a, a Phoenix Suns podcast. He's like, oh, really? I go, yeah. And so they get me up on the thing and, you know, I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden they do that spinal tap and like they, they, I guess they hooked me up with stuff. Um, I felt a little bit relaxed and all of a sudden I was, it was excruciating, dude. Oh my God. They were in there. They, they, they hit me with it. I mean, it was probably like a five, three minute ordeal actually getting in there and hit me with it. And I just started throwing a chain of cuss words together that they've probably never heard. I was like, oh, motherfucking cunt shit ass bitch. Fuck. Ah, oh, and they're like lifting me back up and put me back in the chair. I was like, oh, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. And then like they wheel you back into the holding bay because you have to sit there for like 15 minutes before your ride can come pick you up because you can't drive. And I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck. And like I thought about it later. I'm like, man, everybody who was sitting there and if anybody was nervous getting ready to like go in there and they heard me come out. They were probably like, fuck this, man. They were second guessing all their decisions because it hurt like hell, dude. After they kind of like the, they, they were checking my vitals, like my blood pressure was through the roof. My heart rate was through the roof. I'm told I'm like, I just need to stand up. I just need to stand up because sitting was hurting like hell. And eventually, you know, they, they everything kind of calmed down. I had to breathe like I was having some uh, uh, like a, a baby, like, you know, like. And finally I could stand up and like the pain relieved a little bit. And then, you know, I thanked them. And, and I do remember right when they were sitting me back down into the chair, after they took me off the table, the guy holds up his phone, the doctor did it. And he goes, is this your podcast? I go, yeah, make sure you subscribe. (laughs) 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 You know, and then then the lady, the lady who was helping me, she, the nurse who was helping the RN, she was so nice. She was from Denver. So I kept saying Broncos country. That's right. (laughs) Oh, dude. Cause they were yeah, like, quick, I, they were like pushing me in the wheelchair thing. I'm like, Broncos country. That's right. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit better. I can like, when I stand up, I'm not like in crippling pain. It'll be interesting to see how it goes in the next few days. But that was, uh, that was the story, man. It was, it was, Ooh, it hurt, dude. It hurt. Yeah. Those are, bad. I heard those are really bad. I didn't well, want to like, say anything. One of my best friends had literally the same things. And I've talked to him a bunch about it. He had it done about five years ago. Yeah. And he said the same things like, go, you know, get the anesthesia, whatever. You're going to feel fine. Um, and I told him about, it. he's like, Oh damn, dude, that sounds like it hurts. And I was talking to my mom and she said, that just goes to show you how inflamed you were. Cause when they went in there, I mean that herniated disc yeah. was so inflamed that it hurt like hell. And it's going to take a few days to kind of see how it goes. I'll probably have another shot done another time, but man, that hurt like F in hell, dude. Fuck dude. Yeah. I, my sister, she had it down. I don't forget which one it was, but it was, um, I mean, I know which sister it was, but I think it was down on the spine. 
Yeah, that's where and she said it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did I mean, she get I it done for? Was it Steph? I don't remember. It was just no. It was Christy. I think that yeah. she had just some back issues. Like she had really bad back pain, and she got it done. And she said it was very painful. So when you're talking about, it, I'm like, oh, like I don't want to tell you about that because I don't well, know I've how been it's going to go for you. I've been asking everybody about it because I know and a they bunch said it would be okay, right? They said it's the majority it's not of people are like, yeah, it hurts. Like, I, like I talked to my old director of operations, and he said he's had multiple back issues. He goes, yeah, yeah if they hit the right nerve, dude, like you're gonna feel it. And they hit the right nerve on this one, dude, and I fucking felt it. But even through all that pain, I got a sub to the pod. So that's a reminder to everybody. Listen, if you're a doctor and you're throwing. Uh, uh, spinal taps into people and you're listening to this. Thank you for doing what you did, man. I appreciate it. Cause I do feel better and I'm sorry if I cussed a ton, but man, I was just like, Ooh, fuck shit ass. Ooh, it has shit, to be a sound soundproof room, man. It's right? not, it's a, there's a, it's a wide open door. They could hear me in the room. Everyone oh. is sitting there. You know, you have these old ladies like, Oh shit. I yeah. gotta deal with this. Well, maybe they're like, this guy's a bitch. <laughs> That's probably what they Girl, were thinking. Like, they're, 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 like, they're like, dude, grow up, man. Like, what is this your first rodeo? Like, so, That's the story of my spinal tap, which brings me to. Jam star of the game. All right. Better late than never. Jam star of the game. Good, good candidates in this one, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> Just right? one guy, though, right? I'm going to, uh, I don't know, don't man. Do it. Don't do it. I mean, Booker went for 32 and 10. Cameron Payne looked great. Mikhail Bridges was fantastic. I mean, Mikhail is the easy one. Um, David Ray says the uh, Booker and Bridges, you got pain from the impulsinator, which is what it felt like uh, was going through my spine today as an impulsinator. We got uh, Brunus 92 campaign, Bridges and Cam from Los Sons. Okay. Mikhail and Booker tie. Uh, I'm giving this one to Kale. It's Mikhail's Bridges world, and we're all just living in it. Yeah, I mean, this is a Booker game. Like, this is how Booker plays. We needed someone to step up, even if it was the Wolves and it was Mikhail, man, from the beginning to end. So, Mikhail, for sure, he is something else. Yeah, Mikhail is, uh, when, when he plays like this, man, he's just, he's good. He's so good. He's just good, good man. <laughs> We doing double cameras right now? Yeah, this is this is what happens when you get this far into the into the podcast is you get double cameras. <laughs> you trying to surround me over here, man? Yeah, you, you you get no choice. This is creepy. Is it still echoing? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Hold on, hold on one second. Talk about Mikhail and how much you love him. I already talked about him before, so I don't know what else to say. Oh, I had a spinal injection today too. Actually, I went in right after this guy. Yeah, I'm such a bother. Like, with this, like, hopefully, you're not as, as loud and annoying as this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man. Uh, last thing before we leave, there you go. There's the picture of me in high school that's literally taken uh, right after I graduated. You can see I got a zit on my nose right in the dead center. Got some frosted tips under my T hat. I had a Texas Rangers yeah. hat, but we were the Arcadia Titans, so that was our baseball hat. And uh, the Puka shells rocking the Puka shells. So there you go. That's 2001 uh, Voida right there. So if you're listening to the podcast, do us a favor, head over to the YouTube page. Please subscribe. Please hit thumbs up on our podcast. We truly appreciate it. It helps with all of the metrics that lets all anybody looking for Phoenix Suns content guides them to our page where you get quality, uh, quality things like this, frosted tips and puka shell. So uh, on that note, again, thank you everyone for joining us. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow me at Darth Voida and you can uh, read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. You can follow Matthew. I'm Matthew Lissy. 
And was it like go home and love your spinal tap? What is this, Matthew? No, go home and <laughs> go home and frost your family. Frost them, oh, Good game, son. <laughs> MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.